Go ahead, Antonia, go. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Praise God and welcome to our next episode of the Apple Juice Podcast. I'm so excited that you guys, you know, if you guys haven't come, this is your first time, welcome. If this is your recurring time, first of all, thank you. I appreciate your, your loyalty. And second of all, welcome back. So this podcast, we just talk about things that we struggle with on the day-to-day basis, but specifically through the apostolic lens, trying to give you guys encouraging words. And I talk with people that are special to me in my life and that I know that they will do a great job in this specific topic. Today's special topic, we're going to talk about that church work school life balance because it's not just work-life balance in the church. You got like a bunch of stuff going on, but I feel like our candidate for today, she's going to do a great job. I literally, I love her so much. I've known her the whole time I've been in the apostolic church. Um, I honestly look up to her a lot. She's always so kind. She's always so sweet and she's friendly with everybody. I don't think there's a single person on this earth they can say that Danielle's mean because it's not true. She's so nice. She's someone that's just always smiling and she just never seems discouraged and she's never, I've never seen you say anything mean (laughs) or like get mad. So honestly, she's a great candidate for this. You've been, you're just like one of the OGs. So I just see you like that. Um, (laughs) no, 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 you're just like, you're like the OGs. It's kind of like the OG Marvel team. Oh, you know, you're just like that. Think of it like that. You're just the OGs. Like everyone's going to want to see you come back. Okay. To the screen. <laughs> so she was the former president of GLD MOP. Um, you're the daughter of the current bishop of the GLD MOP. Um, and he's also the pastor for Church of Orangeville. Um, you, she is married to our also former president, Ever Perez, and the mother of Antonia Perez, special guest star. <laughs> Um, and you've gone on several mission trips, right? Mm-hmm. And you've gone to Africa to yeah. help as a nurse. Yeah. She's a crazy girl. And you play piano, right? I did, yeah. Okay, you're a piano player, so you know how it is to be on the praise team. Yeah. Okay, so this girl, she's been around the block. Our special guest, Danny Perez. Oh my goodness. Head of applause. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to go ahead and say hi and introduce yourself. Okay. You were too kind. <laughs> You're like, she doesn't say anything me, don't ask ever. <laughs> no, he doesn't count. <laughs> Alright, so hello, I'm Danielle. Um, I am thirty currently thirty-one. I just had a birthday and I am a mother. I am a wife and I'm a nurse. And nice. I'm pretty proud of it. So That's really good. those are my big do you want to give us, like, a bit of, like, a timeline of your life? Just, like, a quick one? So, you, um, you're, you like, what generation apostolic are you? Oh, did you say? Ooh, three? Third? So, my grandparents on my dad's side. Oh, okay. Third generation. Yeah. They okay. started coming to church. I think. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Third generation. We'll say third generation. is okay. Okay. Um, so I was, when I was born, my dad was already a pastor, so I've been a pastor's daughter all my life. Mm. Um, I started playing the piano, um, I'd say I started piano lessons when I was really young, and then I started playing in church when I was in middle school, I believe, and then I became the leader of the music with my cousin. Oh my gosh. Um, and then she, At what age do you know? Do you remember? Oh, I think I was in... Started college, Okay, I believe. And then she moved to Indiana, so I became the leader. And then I... Because you live in Michigan? Yeah. Okay. And then once I got married... I got married in 2018. I became a nurse in 2018. And then when I had Antonia, I... You got you got Step married back. and became a nurse the same year? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So then when I had Antonia, I stepped mm-hmm. back from the music ministry. And then for a couple months I wasn't doing anything. And then I started with Eber helping with the district youth. 
as the leader. And then just this past summer, we stepped away from that. And then currently I'm doing nothing. (laughs) No, that's okay. It's okay. You're taking a pause into your next, whatever that next step is that God has for you. But you were a local youth president too, right? Yes. I don't remember. You don't remember how long it was? No. I just remember always helping with the youth and then, and then I became, oh, I don't even remember when that was, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> okay, but, okay, and then you went on mission trip. How many have you gone? On four. So I went oh, to geez. Costa Rica, and then I went to Spain, and then I went to Africa twice. And after that, I got engaged, and then I got married, and then yeah, I didn't go back. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. But I love that I did that. I loved it so much. I'm, I mean, that's, I'm glad I did it. Right. So, But when you went to Africa the second time, was that when you were like nurse mission trip? I was, was still that? in nursing school. So oh, okay. I went 2016 and 2017. Okay. And I was still in nursing school at the time. So is that when did you do the nursing thing in Africa? So that was the I just wasn't a registered nurse at the time, mm-hmm. but I was in nursing school, but mm-hmm. the things that we did during the missions trip, like anybody could do it. So it wasn't oh. like, you didn't need to like have like the whole degree. In right. Yes. Oh, okay. That's crazy. You traveled so much yeah. and you have like, I feel like this is, you're just such a perfect example because I can't imagine already like from what I see being in a relationship is a lot of work. And it's a lot of time. And then being in your ministry on top of that. And you're a pastor's daughter. So even if you don't want to, you got kind of have to you help. have to. <laughs> like, you, it's like, oh, that's what it says. And then on top of that, going to school, like, and nursing, like, I took one anatomy class. It's never. torture. It was the absolute worst. It's so much. They require you to know so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, you're, like, going to save life. But it's just so much that you're learning. I just can't imagine doing all that on one. So that's why I was like, okay, this is what I want, Danielle. And I know you have so many other things to talk about, but I was like, because I'm struggling with this. And I know that there's other people that are probably struggling with it too. Because it's not only, because like, let's say you're not going to school and trying to balance a relationship, just work in church. It can be overwhelming, especially if you're doing a lot in the church. Yeah. So I was wondering if there was ever a time within your history of being, serving in the in the church, but there was ever a time where you felt like you were burning out because you um, did you did a lot, girl. Really. So, so we're being real, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. Of course. When I was helping with our local youth, I felt like I wasn't doing much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stepped back from that, and then when my cousin left, when she moved um, for her job, and I became the main leader for the music, I felt again that I wasn't doing a whole lot like just the position in itself having to organize music um new songs practices um adjusting to like every church has issues with their music like yeah whether it like no matter what age whether it's grown adults whether it's youth that are your musicians and singers like every church has their issues and I'm kind of a people pleaser, so I really yeah. don't like confrontation. And <laughs> so, no, there could be serious drama in the place, yes. for sure. For sure. And so having to deal with that week after week, and when that happened, I had gotten married, and I was working night shift as a That's nurse. That's crazy. Yeah, so our weekends were Friday night, Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. So I would go to work Saturday night, come home Sunday morning, and get ready to go to church and then go to church. That's insane. And then we go to practice. And for, <laughs> for a really long time, like I was so tired and then having to deal well, with yeah. the drama and like it honestly became a chore going to church and playing. And I just became this robot because yeah. I was always so tired and yeah. it really burned me out. Right. Real fast. Right. I can't even imagine. I worked second shift for like a month and a half. And I felt like I was like really yeah. going through it. Like that's so rough. So and rough. So like even I had so much grace on everyone though because 
everyone else had a job. Everyone else had families. Everyone else had things to do. And like just taking time to come to practice, we could never find a day because everyone has their other things to do. And so it really became difficult to manage that. And it's a lot. Yeah. Whether you're a small church or a large church, like it's always an issue, but but God. <laughs> but God. So what did you do when you were feeling like you were like, I'm kind of ready to quit? I really had to like take a step back and like admit that like I wasn't okay. Like I was burnt out. I was having like all this, what they call compassion fatigue. Like I just wasn't, I wasn't like angry or anything or not nice. I just was not you're tired of caring. I feel yeah. like, yeah, I feel like sometimes you're just like so over it. You're like, I don't even care anymore. Yeah. I don't even care. Like, I do what you want. I wasn't focused yeah. and making like the set list. I took no time with it. I just, out of the blue, okay, we haven't sang this in a while. Let's just sing this. And it wasn't, it started to become a chore and not a ministry. And I knew that I had to take a step back. So I... I had my people who I went to to talk to about it, and I had to pray about it. Yeah. Because if you're not praying, things become just a hobby real quick. Yeah. I feel like on top of that, if you're not praying about leaving a position, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's so easy to spiral. Yeah. Because I feel like if I were to be like, okay, I'm just going to leave and I'm not going to think twice about it, I'm dropping out of the praise team. Because mm-hmm. things are getting overwhelming. I'd be like, you know what? I'm dropping out of this too. And I'm going to drop out of this. And I'm going to drop out of this. I'm going to show up on Sundays. Well, you know what? My friends are inviting me to this. And I never have a... Like, I feel like it's so easy for the devil to start whispering things in your ear. And being like, well, you could actually do this instead. And you can be doing this and this and this. Like, it's I... It's funny you say that. Because I was thinking, like, maybe a bench warmer isn't going to be that bad. Like, I think it'll be okay. Yeah. Like, I, it's okay. Yeah. It's my turn to sit down. <laughs> Right. And it would get to me, and yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's it's really scary. It's really scary, and if you're not connected with God, it's it can so easily happen. It can so easily happen. Like, there's so many times, like, let me be real. <laughs> there's so many times where I'm like, I don't want to leave. I want to leave. I don't want to, like, it's just too much. Yeah. Especially when I was in, like, when I was in college, I would drive the, like, almost two hours to get to church for the weekend. So I wouldn't even go to practice, which I hated, but I would work all week because I worked as a waitress. I would work all week, take my engineering classes, which aren't easy, and I would, you know, I was paying for college and doing all of that. Like, it was really overwhelming. And then coming home, I would drive from my shift, like, literally, I'd finish my shift on Friday, drive the two hours, like, in the middle of the night home. Be there at church and then leave. I'll do it. I'll do it pretty much every week. I can see Anna. Like it was practically almost every week that I'll, and it was the worst. Like I, I hated it. I hated it because I was like, I'm not really in the church. I'm out of it. I'm not giving a hundred percent to anything. I was a trash worker. I was a trash student. I ended up flunking out of college and I was a trash person in the church because I wasn't really doing anything. And I was seeing everyone. And I was youth president at that time, too. So I was like, I'm yeah. doing a trash job being a youth leader. Like, I don't even connect with my youth anymore. It was just so, like, depressing. Yeah. And then you have that guilt. Yes. Because I'm like, like dang. Not giving 100% to everything. Yeah. And then everything kind of just falling apart. Yeah. Because you're giving, like, 50% in everything yeah. instead. So it was just really, like... And it's because, honestly, like, when the Bible says, ask and you will receive it, it's because you really got to ask God for that strength. Yeah. You really got to be in that prayer and being like, if you're not doing that, you're going to, like, I was so ready to quit. I was so ready to quit. Because yeah. even though I'd go to, because I would visit the Fort Wayne number two, I think, the one with Pastor Soto, and they were so, they were so sweet, they were so kind. But I would go there, and then I would leave straight to work. And it's, it was the worst. I had no connections with anybody. And when God is your center, and you don't have that, you feel that emptiness. Yeah. And then I was starting to think, like, well, let me go to a violin instead or something like that. Yeah. Thank God I never did. 
Like, your priorities, like, are different. Like, oh, I gotta go to work. Yeah. I need to leave early from church. Yeah. Or, like, I need to... Yeah, but it was still something that was pulling me away. Mm-hmm. So, it was definitely, like... It's a real thing. Yeah. Especially when you get to college. Yeah. Work after high school is... Yeah. Very hard. Yeah. So, you had it, But you decided, like, I'm gonna take a yeah. step back. Yeah. When I finally did, when Antonio was born... And to be honest, it was the best thing for me because I felt like I was not praying enough at home. Yeah. And on some days, I'm like, I want to be at the altar. Like, I want to be praying at the altar. Yeah. I want to receive that blessing and not have the responsibility of, like, playing. And because of that and because I wasn't praying at home, I started to feel like it was a job. Right. And you just wanted to, like, get it over with. Right. Right. Like, after church on Sundays were my favorite part of the day. Because I was done with church. I was done with that response. Like, I didn't have to worry about practice for a few days. Like, I didn't have to do anything with church. Yeah. And that's when it hit me, like, okay, Danielle, something's wrong. Something's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) When you're getting excited for church to be over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because... I got to that point, and thank God, like, I didn't leave, but... It, it crossed my mind <laughs> a few times. <laughs> yeah, it's because honestly, like they say all the time, if you're not filling up yourself with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you're going to get drained out. Because especially yeah. in ministry, like you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order for you to minister and yeah. let the Holy Spirit move in you to pour out to others. Mm-hmm. And uh, on top of that, in the praise team, like you are there to minister and to like, like we're there to like allow people to, move in the Holy Spirit, get connected to God. We're just there to as instruments of God. But if you're not, like, and then people are going to tell too. Like, you're, yeah. the Spirit's not going to move because you're not building it. Yeah. So for sure, that can be really overwhelming. How did that conversation go when you had to, like, say, like, I can't do this anymore? I had to talk to my pastor and... Who was your dad? Who was my dad. <laughs> And it's funny because even before I had the baby, I would vent to my parents all the time of how upset I'd been. And my mom would always say, maybe you should take a step back. And then I would get defensive of why, like, why would you say that? Like, I don't want to do that. And I never stepped back. And then I finally said, okay, I want to be a mom where I can focus on being a mom. And right now, spiritually, being in that ministry, I cannot do that right now. Yeah. Like, and I want to take time to be a mom. Yeah. So I finally did it. And I talked to Eber about it too. And he said, yeah, like, I think it'll be good for you, but don't be a bench warmer forever. Like, yeah. You're, it's just, no, it's it's just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And it went well. And I think spiritually I feel a little like I feel refreshed yeah in a way yeah well how was it when before Antonia like how was it when you were dating Eber going to school to be a nurse and going to church and I'm assuming that's when you started being like worship leader like how was all that and trying to balance all of that it was because on top of that your relationship with Eber was long distance yeah. Because Ever lived all the way in California. Yeah. And that honestly made it a little easier for school just because I was able to focus on school. But we had dated only a year before he moved here. And that was when I was no in way. the middle of nursing school. Yeah. He moved here. And I'm like, this doesn't mean I'm going to marry you. So. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> Ever was like, okay, I'm going to move. He's like, yeah, right. So he moved here. And then. Wait. I okay. Was, hold on. How did you guys meet? We met at convention. The See? lobby ministry is real. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, so did he meet you during lobby ministry? Wait, hold on. Let me tell the viewers. Lobby ministry <laughs> is when you're after hours. No, okay. No tanto. It's after convention, after you're done eating, in the lobby of the hotel. That's what they call lobby ministry is when people go around getting to know people. Some, you know, some people are there to make friends. Everyone's there to make friends. But yeah. some sometimes, you know, you catch someone's eye and it becomes lobby ministry, right? Okay, so go ahead. Okay, so after convention 2014, Mike Ramirez was coming out with his first album. So he had this, like, launch at his church. And I 
was really close with Sharon, my cousin. Right. And we had mutual friends and we, um, my cousin actually is the pastor of his, of that church that Michael Maris goes to. Oh. So that's how we knew about it. And oh. they invited us to go and we went and during the, the concert, I look over and there's Eber and he's looking at me and I'm just like, what do you think? Like you he's staring at me. <laughs> So then I didn't think anything of it. Yeah. Afterwards, we went to Denny's. Of course. Of course. And our friends and Sharon's friends were like, that's how we connected. And when we were checking out, Edward came up to me and was like, praise the Lord. Like, can I get, to, like, we just had small talk. When you guys are checking out? Yeah. And oh my okay, mind you. Edward's so was, bold. Yeah. That's crazy. So at the time, it's midnight California time, which is 3 o'clock here. Yeah. So I'm dead tired. Yeah. And he, we have small talk, and I really wasn't interested and because I was tired. And he goes, oh, my phone's dead, which at first I didn't believe. I just thought that was part of his game. And he's <laughs> like, can I have your Instagram? Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, sure. And so then we didn't talk, and that was in November, and then the next summer, we added each other on Facebook, and then we just started chatting, and then... Oh my gosh, so why didn't he say anything when he added you on Instagram? I mean... Were you, like, wondering, like, why hasn't this guy texted me yet? No, well, I had, like, a lot of people, not guys, but... Just when you're at convention. You had a bunch of guys. Oh my god, no. Texting you. You're like, he's just one of the many. No, just like, (laughs) you just think, you know, you're making friends and you're... You don't think anything of it? Yeah, like, you just are friends on social media and... I don't know, I just wasn't interested. Like, we would like each other's... I know, forever. (laughs) He was so shy, but... Did he, like, comment on your pictures or anything? Nothing. He would like them, but... That's it? Yeah. Dang. And, but then you added each other on Facebook, and that's... And then we added each other on Facebook, and then it's funny because I was at work, and I added I added him on Facebook. Was it on recommended, or you looked him up, huh? It was on recommended. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> sure. She's, like, looking at his page for the longest, wondering when she should add him. And then I added him, and I was on break at work. And before my break ended, he had messaged me. He was like, hi, how are you? I bet you he needed that because he couldn't tell that you liked him. Yeah. So maybe like you adding him on Facebook was like you that like that's like have you ever seen the thing where like he doesn't he can't how can he not tell I'm giving him the sign and the sign is like looking for two seconds like (laughs) (laughs) that was you giving him the sign. Yeah, I was a little not on the night. I wasn't mean. I just wasn't. You were tired. tired. Yeah, and you're like another guy. It is what it is. I was not like that at all. Stop. <laughs> okay, so, okay, you were dating Eber, but it was long distance, so it wasn't that difficult. But you were going to school at the same time. Yeah. How did you balance all of that? Like, what do you think helped you the most? I think knowing my priorities, and Eber and I had such good communication long distance that he respected everything. And mind you, at the time, he also was working he had a ministry in church, and we just respected, like, okay, I can't talk to you for too long because he had to go to practice, or yeah. I had to go to church, or um, I had to study, or something like that. And he was just very okay with all of that, so that made it so easy. Yeah. And then even when he did move here, it was the same thing. And he would visit you every weekend, though, huh? No. When he moved? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> it was weird. Why? Why? I mean, like, when he first moved here, it was, I don't know. <laughs> it was, like, so different. Because no one's done that before. So <laughs> it was very, it was getting serious. <laughs> I got scared, so when he did move here, I told him, I go, this doesn't mean I'm going to marry you. <laughs> so I cannot believe you said that, though. I said that. At the time, I was a very strong, independent woman. <laughs> so when he came here, I set my boundaries and I said, we can continue to date, but I'm not going to, this just doesn't mean I'm going to marry you. And he was, he was respected that, but then he knew. He's like, okay. That's, first of all, every confidence 
is insane. Honestly, that is something that made me so attracted to him. Really? Because he was so intentional, and I always knew where he stood, mm. and I always knew his, like, priorities with me. Yeah. And his goal. Yes. <laughs> but he was, but he was also, like, respectful of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sometimes, like, guys can be confident, but then they become cocky. And then they kind of don't, yeah. like, respect what you have to say or how you feel about a certain situation because they're... Because I feel like if he wasn't respectful, he could have been like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you say that now. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but I obviously ever respectful like yeah. that. That's just so crazy, honestly. Yeah. I can't believe you're like, I'm just letting you know right now. <laughs> I'm not promising you anything. I could break up with you next week. There's no guarantees. <laughs> And he's like, I just wanted to take a chance. Like, I wanted to see where it went. And being long distance, how would I do that? Oh, and my And he's gosh. like, so I knew I had to move here. So Dang, he moved here. He was committed. Yeah. If he wanted to, he would. Yeah. Period. <laughs> no, but during that time, um, I was in school and I was playing the piano at my church. And it, I guess it was just a habit, like of balancing school and church and just getting it done. Yeah. Like I was always busy. I was always studying. Um, and then whatever church needed, I was there and I was just, I just remember it being such a busy time Yeah, and I just did what I had to do. Yeah. Just being done. disciplined. Yeah. And knowing where your priorities are. It was hard. Like right. it was not easy, but. And having probably, I guarantee like that relationship with God is the only thing that got you through mm-hmm. it. Yeah, if you're doing it on your will alone, yeah, you're not. And knowing that ever came into my life at a time where I wasn't looking, and then they always say that always. Oh, I wasn't looking. Just wait. You're gonna find him when you least. (laughs) Kiss me so bad. Hustle over that conversation. I'm ready to play this back when you find (laughs) your man. Whatever. I mean, honestly, at this point, it's whatever. (laughs) So, okay, during, <laughs> let's go back. <laughs> so, when you were balancing all that, well, when you wanted to take a step down, do you feel like there's ever a moment where you felt overwhelmed and no one was, like, listening to you about your feelings in that? Or do you think you felt like you were hurt? No, because for, like, ministry, mm-hmm. I had, one thing that got me through was I had the best support system. Like, I knew where my mentors were. I knew, like, my parents were good listeners, good advice. Yeah. Um, Ever always was great in that, too. And I feel like when I was overwhelmed, I was able to talk through it. And there were times when I didn't like what they had to say, but I knew I didn't want to hear it. But I knew I had to hear it. Yeah. And so, honestly, like, having a support system and mm-hmm. seeking out mentors helps yeah. a lot. And even having friends that are in church or in ministry or yeah. have some kind of similarity in the apostolic church, like, they'll understand. Yeah, honestly, I feel like a lot of my ministry, when I feel weak, I feel like the people that I relied on the most were my spiritual mentors, which was Pastor... Honestly, I love Pastor Brad. I wasn't really close to him that much. Mm-hmm. I'm really close to her, Maria Teresa. Yeah. I love her. So, like, whenever I'm struggling with stuff, like, I talk to her and I'm like, okay. I always say, Edmond, I need your words of wisdom. <laughs> like, I have this situation going on. I need you to help out. And she always does such a good job of helping me out. And Because I love my parents, but they're not in church. Not like that. I mean, your dad's a pastor. So, he's in the church. Yeah. <laughs> my parents don't really go to church. So, it was definitely more... I needed to seek that out. And then it helped a lot, honestly, Ana Rosa, I would say 110%. Like, because Ana Rosa was in the music ministry with me, we grew in the ministry together. Like, when I was, when I would complain about something, I would complain it, about it to her. I'd be like, girl, yeah. like, this is this, this, and this. And she would complain about it with me, but knowing that there's someone else, like, we're both yeah. complaining about it, but we're both like, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay. And like, it's like that safe space. Yeah. Like, they're not judging. No. Because they both, they, they get it. So mm-hmm. definitely having someone, like, just getting really close to someone in church. Mm-hmm. And I'm lucky because Anna's my cousin. Yeah. I got lucky because of that. Yeah. You know, but I would definitely, yeah, having a friend in church. If not in your local, at least somewhere. Someone within the apostolic assembly that can help you out. For sure. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah, because I feel like sometimes we feel like maybe we're not being heard. But if we're asking the right people. 
Mm-hmm. They're just telling you maybe what you don't want to hear, but what you need to hear, like you said. Yeah. Like, I was, I remember I told Bishop Antonio Cruz, I was like, I'm not going to be president anymore. I told him that. And I was like barely a year and I was a baby as a president of the youth. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to go to college. He was like, and I was like, and I think this is right for me. He was like, really? I was like, yeah. And he was like, no, I'm not going to let you. And I was like, um, what? Like, yeah, yeah, you are going to let me. You have no choice. He was like, well. I'm leaving whether you like it or not. (laughs) And he was like, no, you're. And we just like kind of ended the conversation like in the air. Like, I was like, okay. And because I was like, I feel like I talked to God. And he was like, no, you didn't. You didn't talk to God about this. You're going to be Lied. president. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? And I was How like, did he know? <laughs> and I was like, okay. It's kind of like, have you ever um, seen the thing where, like, guys in, like, TikToks, they, like, go up to girls, like, I talked to God, and he told me we need to be in a relationship. Oh like, God. God never told you that. You're using that as a line. That was me using that as a line. <laughs> like, I was using God as an excuse, even though it wasn't true. Then And I... 100% like my growth in ministry and my closeness to God it helped so much because I was because I was president of the youth mm-hmm. like it kind of like a las fuerzas I had to be close to God because I'm like how am I gonna lead the youth and be a hypocrite and not yeah. be close to God so like I had to be I had to be strong in my prayer life I had to not because so I could say like I'm strong in my prayer life yeah. but because I needed that to get through it Mm-hmm. I needed that. And I'm so grateful that the bishop didn't let me leave. I'm so grateful that... And he's the reason I got chosen. Because I wasn't voted in as president. He was like, God, are you going to be president? I was like, okay. <laughs> I wasn't voted in. He put me as president. And I was president all my four years mm-hmm. because of him. And, you know, it's, it's crazy because, yeah, you're right. We we It's because it, they're, if you're asking people, like... From the church that are spiritually led by God, that are your mentors, they're going to know, they're going to have that, like, sensitivity with God. They know Mm -hmm. what they need to tell you. That's so true. It's kind of like that difference between being sympathetic and empathetic. Like, sympathetic, like, oh, yeah, I feel for you. But, is that right? Yeah, and, like, empathy is, like, I've been there. I get it. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah, no, that's so true. <laughs> Whether I feel like if you think right now in church and you're talking to your pastors and you've had conversations and you don't think you're being heard, maybe you need to hear what God has to say instead of yeah. you trying to listen to what you have to and say. And not fight it. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't want to listen to it. Yeah. We don't want to listen to it sometimes. That's so true. Do you think at a certain point, though, there's like too many ministries? Like you got to oh, maybe yeah. like chill out, like know yeah. how to say, okay, for reals. Because like you said, like when you were in college and you had a ministry and you were working, like you weren't able to give a hundred percent. Yeah. And if you feel like it's so much work, I mean, if you're balancing it well, do it. And you still have a relationship with God besides that. Yeah. And you still can balance that all power to you. Yeah. But if you're doing things outside, because honestly, we, when we look at our schedules, we're only going to church so many times a week but all those other days which is more than half we're working we're with our family with our with our friends we're not in church so having that balance is like you need to know your priorities yeah and your priority should be in that relationship with god yeah above all and if your ministry is if you're having too many ministries it's okay to say no right it's okay to not because normally be they ask you anyways. Yeah, they're like, okay, what do you think about being this leader? Because once once they see you start thriving in one ministry, they're gonna start asking more of you. Yeah, and that's a good thing at some point. But if you feel like it's too much, say no. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, say I think I'm gonna hold off for a little bit. Yeah, but I love that you considered me. I love that that yeah. came around. Like, I'm here to help. help. Yes. I'm here to help, but I don't know if I'm... I don't want yeah. to be charged. Yeah, like, our church right now, we have, like, a three-ministry mi- three policy. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, so, like... And, I mean, sometimes, obviously, pastor pushes it. <laughs> but, like, you can't have more than three ministries. So, like, for example, Ana Rosa, she was doing, like, six at one point, I swear. <laughs> she was doing so many, so I feel like... And then pastor was like, okay, we need to switch it out. Because she was yeah. doing, she was life group leader, 
praise mm-hmm. team leader, youth leader, because she was the secretary slash treasurer, mm-hmm. and general treasurer of the church. So she was at four. So we're like, we got to kick one out. You can't kick off life group leader because she was our only life group leader in Alcar. <laughs> you can't kick off praise team leader because that's not his passion right there. Music ministry is a passion. So it was either the youth or the general treasurer, and they just gave her general treasurer because Hermana Maria Teresa, who was a general treasurer, became first lady. So we didn't have anybody else. So like, okay, the youth ministry has to go. Like, you can't do that anymore. And, and then that's... Strictly. No, I know. That's now she's... <laughs> now she's this <laughs> So pastor, well, our pastor right now was, like, intermediate pastor, right? Like, he wasn't, we didn't know if we were going to get a new one, if we were going to get, like, he was going to stay. So I started doing a lot of the things pastor was doing. He was the worship leader, and I was always assistant treasurer with Hermana. But I have to take on, okay, well, now I'm basically the leader because the pastor is being pastor, right? But Hermana Wapisa at the time was doing pastor duty, so other people needed help. But... Gato was at Gato was at school. Biko's at school. Like these little kids are just little kids now. They're older, right? And they yeah. Have more responsibility, but it was just like, okay, I got it. Anna was there to fill in the, you know, the spaces. But then it became to a point where like I came back, everyone was back, and things were like starting to settle. And we're like, okay, wait. Anna has like six ministries. What's going so on? So did you say something, or did your pastor say something no. to like cut back? I think I'm not gonna say anything. No, I think me and Pastor and the Mama did this because in the church room we talk about everything. Sorry, I'm including. No, you're good. But I feel like I feel like in the in the treasury room we literally take, talk about everything. We're here with the man. I tell her a lot of things too. The pastor walks in every once in a while. We start talking to him, and he was like mentioning like, okay, I think we're gonna do this next year through ministries max. And he was like, because how many do you have? And then I started listing them, and they were like. Okay, <laughs> we need to we need to work something out with them. Yeah. And I was like, well, genuinely, Pastor, because I was the one that offered. I was like, well, obviously this would have changed if I offered not, right? But I was like, honestly, Pastor, I feel like youth leader because I was always just secretary treasurer. Like I didn't. I was like, this is good. I'm like getting old. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> you know, like you know, do we have youth that are on the rise, right? That they need something. They need something to put their attention towards, you know, really grasp women there. I was like, this is a, this is a position that is great for one of our up-and-comers, right? I think this would be a great way for them to start into the ministry. So I think that one specifically, I was like, told them, but honestly, I don't think I would have ever been like, okay, this is too much. Even though in my head, because you're right, I feel like you start feeling that, like, you're like, dang, this little line, like, what? Because I used to think, like, what if I just, like, stopped everything? Right, because in my head, it's like all or nothing, to be honest. And yeah. that that might be a bad mindset, right? <laughs> but in my head, I'm like, well, if, it's because like, if I tell Pastor I don't want to be black group leader anymore, he's like, then how am I still going to be part of the praise team? Or like, if I tell Pastor that I don't want to be the youth like helper anymore, like what? Like, I feel like if I said no to one thing, I said no to everything. Yeah. So I was like, how am I even going to like fill in the time? Like, but what is my relationship with God going to be? And then so in my head, it was like all or nothing. So it was very like, like you said, that guilt, like, okay, well, no, I have to keep going. And on one thing, it was, it was good for me because yes, I needed to keep going and it was still time for me. But the problem was my connection with God. Like I didn't have that strong connection. So it, I was getting burnt out. Yeah. Because God is supposed to be, you know, what fuels us. But since I don't have no fuel, I'm yeah. not empty. Yeah. 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 Okay, hold on. The background noise is Antonia. She's giving background sounds. Okay, guys. In case you guys can't tell, she's off, <laughs> off screen. She a brownie. <laughs> yeah. She's that like, makes sense. Look at her. <laughs> Can you see her? Not right now. Oh. <laughs> but she'll like come in and No, she's, she's occasional guest star. It's okay. But yeah, no, I feel like, and I feel like those three ministry rule, it was really good. Because yeah. it, we recognized, and it's because not only that, if Anna's taking up, not taking up, but if Anna's doing six ministries, there's other people that can be doing those ministries yeah. that they're not doing because Anna's already doing them. And then they're like, ah, Anna's, Anna has it. Anna has it in the bag. And I felt like, especially like Anna Rosa and I, as leaders, the youth, like sometimes they would kind of see us as like, oh, they they got it. like, And they would take a, a step back because they saw that we were doing it already. Yeah. So then when Pastor was like, okay, we're going to switch out 
Because I felt like I was president for a million years. And I was like, you know, I know that there's youth that have these fresh ideas. Or even if they don't have, like, we need to just push them into that position. And they'll, kind of like me, like, you're going to, a las fuerzas, have that connection. Yeah. A las fuerzas, just start doing it. Because they have this certain Yeah. Because not only do they have fresh ideas and they're, like, new to it. Like, any new soul, if you don't involve them, they're going to feel like they don't have any yeah. connection to the church. I'm not talking about relationship with God. I'm talking about, that was like, good. <laughs> girl. Yeah, her, she praises. She gives people praise. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a good point, Antonia. <laughs> like, if they don't have involvement in the church, they start to feel like they don't need to be there. Yeah. And... It, and that's not the main reason why they're there, but it it encourages them. Yeah. And especially the younger kids, the younger generations, like, it's very good for them. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's good um, to be like, because I, I feel like it's good to be like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore, but I think this person will be a good yeah. option, too. And maybe, because maybe your pastor doesn't even notice, but because you're so close to them, mm-hmm. you can maybe, like, kind of point them out. And then your pastor will be like, okay, I'll check it out. And that's such a good opportunity to start mentoring. Yeah. And getting them ready. Yeah, for sure. So definitely if, if you feel like you're taking on too many ministries, realize to take a step back. But I think a lot of it has to do with before you are so quick to like leave, try to ask God for strength first. Because maybe you just, God's being like, okay, you just need to get back to me first. Because if you don't have a connection with God any ministry is going to seem like a lot, even just one. Yeah. So we need to, like it says in, here's my verse, Matthew eleven twenty eight. It says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So if you're feeling like you're carrying heavy burdens, if you feel like you can't take it anymore, God literally says, like, come to me, I will give you rest, I will give you peace. And he does do that. Like, sometimes when I feel like I'm overwhelmed, I'm like, man, I don't know if I can do it anymore. I'm ready to leave the church, shave my hair, I don't know, <laughs> like, I'm ready to leave completely, I'm like, okay, and then I, like, pray to God, and I ask him for that strength, and he gives it to me, because he, if you ask, he'll give it to you, obviously, if I ask for Tesla, he's not gonna give it to me, but for, like, things like, I need strength, God, to continue in my ministry, God, I need strength to stay away from these temptations, I need you to, you know, take away all these burdens, so that the only burden that I have is to bring people to you, he does it. But we need to ask for it. We can't just expect God to give us strength when we're not having that relationship for him to give it to us. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think, I feel like it's hard though saying no, but we do need to have that. Like, okay. And speaking of stepping down from a ministry, that should never be an easy decision. Yeah. Because if it is, maybe you shouldn't have been in that ministry to begin with. Because... Especially, like, just because I was playing the piano, like, praise ministry, like, it's not about performing. It's about creating an atmosphere for God to come and right. bless the congregation. Like, it's not about you. Right. And those decisions should not be taken lightly because I commend Brother Cruz for saying that to you because if you wanted to focus on college, what that's just opening the door a little bit to okay, I stepped down from the ministry. I'm going to focus on college. What's next? I'm not going to go to church so often because I don't have that ministry. Yeah. I don't have to go to church so much because I don't have to be so involved. Yeah. And so that just slowly gets so easily away. So easily. If I wouldn't have been president, the devil could have so easily. And what else was distracting you? Like, if you really take a look at your schedule, like, do you really not have time to put time into your yeah. ministry? Or like, you just want to really, yeah. like, where are your priorities? That's when you need to take a step back. Yeah. Say, God, what's going on? Like, what is, be honest with yourself. Yeah. Like, you don't have to explain this to your pastor or the pastor's wife or anything. You're explaining this to God. Yeah. What are you doing wrong? Am I not praying enough? Am I focusing so much on school that I'm forgetting to do my devotionals and yes school is important but God is always number one yeah no matter what you're doing marriage school anything yeah God is always number one yeah and it always should be that 
Right. Like your priority should lie in God. Maybe not necessarily in your ministry, mm-hmm. but in God. Yeah. Because then God's going to guide you in that. A few years ago, we, in our church for Sunday school, we learned about the seven habits of highly effective people. I think that, that's what it's called. And the priorities were listed God, spouse, children, and then ministry. And if you're not married, it doesn't say God, boyfriend, girlfriend, <laughs> right. spouse, but it's God, spouse. Like if you take away the spouse and children, it's God and then your ministry. It's two completely different habits. It's two completely different priorities yeah. because God should always be one. Because once you have a great relationship with God, everything else will fall into place. Yeah. God's going to open the doors and the time and the peace to manage all of that. Yeah. Yeah, God, God's so good. He knows what he's doing, so you just have to have that. And if you're stressing about it, you need to pray more. And I know people hear that all the time. Danielle, I hear it all the time. I just need to pray more. I just need to pray more. But are it's you? It's true. <laughs> Honestly, even in my own life, Ever will catch me. Yeah. Like, I'll be stressing about work or anything, and he catches me like, you need to pray about it. You're not praying. What are you doing? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Let me and just then, stress out a little And then I just get this peace and this, that, I don't know, they say peace that surpasses all understanding. Like, you may not get why you're having this peace when everything around you is so chaotic. Like, yeah. it's because God has you covered. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. I feel like if God, even if I'm, like, struggling crazy with money or I'm really stressed out because of, like, my family, like, something going on in my personal life. For whatever reason, like, even though I feel like I'm like, I could so easily cry right now, (laughs) but I'm like, but no, but then I'm like, but I'm okay though. I'm okay because God gave me so much peace. Like I'm, I'm okay. I'm not stressed out. Mm -hmm. And that's only, that only happens though when me and God are like this, when I stop praying so much, when I start, (laughs) good point, Antonia, when I start allowing like myself to just fall into temptation whether that is i feel like because it can be so many things whether it is like focusing back on school or you know you're in a relationship and you're gonna focus all of it on your relationship instead or if it's like just like being on social media all the time being on your phone all the time like that's something you could be focusing on or putting a lot of your time on like i know for a fact if i wasn't going to church i would have just started hanging out with friends at college like i already know myself i'm an outgoing person i would have just started doing that if not that i would have just been at home watching movies like yeah what else am i gonna do i was gonna just be at home eating ramen like i already know so you know you just need to have that strong relationship with god like you said and placing god as a priority that's so true that's so true i feel like yeah that's so true what you said about like if it's easy yeah yeah it should be something that you're like struggling with yeah and it's talking about ministry is so hard because like you want people to be in ministry to help them stay in the church and get them excited but you don't want that to be the priority of why they're in church yeah if your position is why you're here yes you shouldn't be in your position yes yeah for sure yeah that's Reflect on that. We're gonna. <laughs> what did we say in the first episode? Reflect. No, oh. it's accept. Accept. Accept what's going on. <laughs> reflect on yourself and <laughs> repent to God. You're gonna be so mad. Rest. You rest first. Look at the Okay, so I'm going to ask one more question, and then we're going to ask a fun one, and we're going to end it, okay? So do you think, since you said you're a pastor's kid, and he was bishop for a while before, mm-hmm. Pastor Jaime, and before Bishop, and th- or Bishop Jaime, Bishop Jaime Gonzalez, and then Bishop Antonio Cruz, and then he's Bishop again now. But how do you feel like, since you were pastor's kid, like, what kind of expectations were placed on you, and how do you think, like, how would you help others dealing with that? What would you tell others? Um, pastor's kids, minister's kids, you kind of, they kind of have this high expectation of perfection a little bit. Yeah. A lot of people will say you're living in like this glass house, especially if you have social media. Yeah. That you are, you have to be perfect. Yeah. And when I look back at it, 
I always thought like, gosh, I'm kind of embarrassed saying that because it's like, oh, what a problem to have. But it really is because you're kind of second guess all the time. Like, what are the kids doing? Like, are they in ministry? And it, it hurts more my heart the way that it's judged on my parents, the way that we behave, because I have two older brothers that are not in church. And so my parents were like, they, they did their best. Like they, yeah. In the end, my brothers made their own decisions. And I know there's people that judge that. And then with me being the one in church, I felt, I did feel that pressure of, okay, what are you doing in church? How are you doing it? Is it good? Is it bad? And there's just like a higher expectation of everything and no leniency. Right. Because everything you do is being watched. Yeah. Extra. Because like when you're in ministry already, but like you, especially because you're a pastor's kid, like Mm -hmm. you're going to be watched in everything you do, how you dress, how you act, the way you say things. You know, I feel like the one time you slip is the one time everyone's going to, like, yeah. be like, she did that one thing that one time. You yeah. Know? They judge that, and then yeah. they judge the parents. They judge. What are they teaching them at home? Yeah. 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 And, like, it's hard now. Like, at the time when my dad was bishop the first time, my two younger brothers were tiny. They were yeah. real, like, we, they were less than five. They were really young. Maybe. And so they were kids. But I was just graduating high school, and my brothers were already on their own, and I felt that pressure. And now this time around, it's my younger brothers that I feel like they're in ministry now, and they're the ones that I feel are being a little more judged. And any time that they slip up, they question – there's already been instances where they question – how is your parents raising you? Like, if you can talk like that, like, how can you, how are you being raised? Yeah. And it's unfortunate because they're kids. Right. They're babies in they're, high school. And not just that, they're humans. Yeah. Like everybody else. Yeah. And it's frustrating seeing that now that I'm older. Like, I just want to, like, shield them. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's such a blessing to be part of any ministry. And it's something that only God can take care of with any kind of problem like that. And my mom had always taught me, like, just let it be. Let God take care of it. You know, you have this problem with this person or you have this problem in this ministry or anything like that. Let God take care of it. You know, you're struggling with with school. Take it to God. Like, any problem, just lay it Cast out your anxieties. Exactly. Right. And so that's what's gotten us through all these years. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that she said. I think I'm gonna reflect on that part the most yeah. of what Antonia said. She's got with Yeah, that's true. Honestly, sometimes you just gotta know that it's out of your hands. What people are gonna say about you, that's completely out of your hands. And that's with anybody. Yeah. That's with anybody. Because if you're you see people I see it in, in youth camp. Like, people that have bigger personalities that are, that everyone knows, I feel like they're judged more because everyone's looking at them. Everyone's like, what are you doing? Are you talking about me? I'm literally just freaking shot me right now. people with big personalities. No, I mean like... I feel like people who put themselves out there get yes. yes. Because you're more open. More noticed. Being, yeah. Because you put yourself out there. So people are like, well, that girl did that or this guy did this, you know? Yeah. So I feel like you're... Well, if I'm getting judged, I don't know about no. it. <laughs> Actually, I kind of do know about it. <laughs> I hear you. If you're talking about me, just know it gets around and I hear it. And I'm like, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> you know? No, that's true, though. I feel like that's for anybody. You just need to know that. 
If people are going to talk, people are going to talk. Like, it's just, it is what it is. You just need to let, leave it to God. 100%. And I feel like sometimes people like to talk even though it's not true. Mm-hmm. Like, it, or even if there's some truth to it, they exaggerate. Yeah. So, like, like I'm like, I know what I'm doing. And I know that's not, like, they're just, yeah. they're taking it to the extreme. Or that's not even true at all in the first place. So, like... Yeah. And that interference, it's like, it's kind of like, you know, you're doing something right because now all these issues are starting to come up and people are trying to blind you with these like, yeah, heavy things. Yeah. It's, that's a whole different conversation. That is a whole different conversation. (laughs) But like, it kind of goes back to when you're with God and you're going to have peace. So like, Mm -hmm. even though all of that is happening and you're like, you're so ready to break down and cry, like Mm -hmm. you're going to have peace in your heart because it's all going on like. That's so true. When you're growing in your ministry or when you're getting closer to God, that's when, like, everything somehow starts to feel like it's falling apart at the same time. Like, and it's not necessarily, maybe not in the church, like, outside of church with your family or with your friends. And you're like, oh, my gosh, like, what's happening right now? I don't understand. And, like, you're so ready to just break down and cry. But you're like, you know what? Yeah. Jesus has me. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. That's, you know, we're going to come back. We're going to have another conversation about that. Okay, here's the fun question to end it off. Since you've traveled so much, do you have, I'll have, I have a travel story and then you tell your travel story. You go first. You want me to go first? You go first. I know you've heard it already. I can't think of another one other than. Say it. Okay. I have bad memory. (laughs) Mom brain. I feel like I just, okay, but it's okay. So, um, I don't travel a lot, a lot, but I went to California two years ago. And it was my first time going to a convention. I was really excited. And it was our first day landing. You know the story, Danielle. You're no, looking at I me know. like you know. I get excited with your story. <laughs> I'm really clumsy. That's why, huh? Anyways. Oh, gosh, I know. So, anyways. We just landed in California. And I'm, like, really excited. And, like, I'm crazy. I mean, I'm not really crazy. But I'm, like, like let's do it. Whatever. Who cares? So, we were in Koreatown. Because, like, we had breakfast there. In L.A., like, there's, like, a little place called Koreatown. And I know, like, those little scooters. Do you yeah. know the story now? I think so. <laughs> I want to hear it again. Okay. <laughs> so, we were driving those little scooters, and we honestly got charged a bunch afterwards. Like, we got charged, like, $100 each. It was me and Arosan Bakey. Just for using for, like, 30 minutes. But it's because we were dumb. Like, we, like, parked it, went into a store, like, with it still <laughs> running our car, like... We acted like we we're rich. Honestly, no. Let me tell you, when you go traveling with Ana Rosa, she acts like she's the most richest person in the world. She wants to go crazy. <laughs> but anyways, we're driving around these scooters, and Ana Rosa's in the back, going crazy slow, Grandma. Like she's acting like she's she's acting like it's just buildings. It's not like it was crazy, but. I'm going crazy. Like, I start, like, doing one hand, no hands, one leg off. Because I'm, like, I start getting, like, like super confiada in the scooter. That's the beginning of the end. I know. I know. And I had, I was so, like, like, confiada. Like, I had boba. I had my, like, little baggie and I had boba sticking out of it. And it would, like, stop, like, for the light. And I'll pick it out and I'll just start drinking it, put it back in, drive again. Boba break. It was like, I'll put it back in. We start driving, and I was like, I was looking down, I was like taking videos with one hand, and I shouldn't be doing that because I'm a trash driver in the first place. I know I was so confident, but I was like ahead of, so it was like me in the front, Vicky behind me, and Ana Rosa like 20 yards behind us because she's going crazy slow. <laughs> and I'm going like crazy fast, speeding through, and we're going like in an intersection, and like where the sidewalk like it kind of like dips. I know, dude. So we're going. <laughs> so right where the sidewalk dips, going into the other one, like you know, like how it kind of like goes down, so that you can get off and get on. I was going really fast, not paying attention. I don't even know what I was looking at. Maybe I was looking right at it. I don't know. I get off of the little ramp to go onto the other one, and instead of going on the ramp, I hit the curb. And I'm wearing a dress, obviously. Go flying off. I put like my hand down. So that I don't hit my face. I still hit my face on the cement. Going too fast, I yeah, I flew off. My entire dress flies up. And it's like busy traffic. Like people are seeing me. Like it's not like 
We're in a neighborhood. Like, it's like cars driving everywhere. No, I was wearing shorts. I was wearing shorts. But still, like, my, I fly, I bit my lip. I busted my lip completely. Oh, my God. I busted my lip, and I scraped my knees completely. So, like, they were all bloodied up. <laughs> They're all bloodied up. I was crying, and oh, Ana Rosa quickly to my rescue goes to CVS after, after like, laughing. Yes. <laughs> oh, after no, after she like she comes around the corner and finally knows this. <laughs> no, and then they laughed in my face for a little bit, well, and then of course, <laughs> and then Ana rushes to CVS to face it. But wait, did you? I'm sorry. Did you say that Vicky literally almost crashed into you behind you? Because no, it's because it's because yeah, we're both going really fast, and Vicky almost crashed into me. So first, was scared. I saw everything happen because I was ten years late. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then, like, the rest of the trip, I had nasty, scraped knees. And you don't want to have that when you're at convention. Like, it was my first time at convention. I'm trying to look cute, and I have scraped knees and a busted lip. I was so embarrassed. Thankfully, we had, like, the masks. So, like, not too many. But I wanted to take it up to talk to people. And the first thing they see is, like, my nasty, busted lip. It was so embarrassing. Wait, the first time I heard the story, wasn't there something about, like, checking the boba? Well, yeah, well. What? After you fell? Oh, did I? <laughs> <laughs> it was still there oh my god i remember the bubble was still in the back it was intact my bubble was saved for anyone that was wondering the bubble was okay but i was busted up <laughs> i was wrecked it was if you guys go to my instagram page scroll down you guys know you guys will be able to see like literally i have a picture on my bust like you can see the band-aid on my and then they're like, okay, it's time to go home. I was like, okay. We took a picture. She was crying. She was like, I was crying. Just next to her. Like, yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's the picture on Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> you can find it. You see also other pictures of me with my busted knee and the band-aid on it. <sighs> yeah. Do you have any stories? How do I top that? <laughs> see, this is why you never go second on TikTok. You always have to let me go first. No, my story is, I feel like that one everybody knows. When I was it. thinking of this, I was, I thought you meant like, scary. That's okay. <laughs> That's good, too. That's good, too. Just a story. Yeah. Yeah, any story. Okay, I was thinking, so... This one's gonna be boring. It's okay. No, it's not. It's gonna be good. <laughs> okay. Um. So, after Ever and I got married, we went to Florida for his birthday, and I think it was this time when we were coming back, we flew from Chicago, and... We were about like 30 minutes from the airport and we started descending and then I look and I'm like, oh, there's like downtown and everything and we're like really close to it. And I'm like, I don't remember like being so close, you know, it's like, I never, we've never been this close to downtown before and I started getting a little nervous and so then like two seconds later we start going back up again. And we make a big old circle and we head back down again towards downtown. Oh my God. <laughs> and then it happened twice. And instantly in my brain, I go, this is 9-11 all over. Right. Like, we're going to die. Right. And oh, my God. Ever wasn't sitting next to me. He was, like, across from me. Mm-hmm. And I almost started crying. I was like, Ever, like, why are we doing this? And the captain never didn't say anything. say anything or anything. And then we finally land. And then the captain was like, oh, we were just too early. And the other flight, there was other planes that had to land first. You couldn't have told us No, that? my immediate thought would have been, like, this is yes. 9-11 again. Especially because they just keep going up and down. Yes. Yeah, and... Shouldn't they say, like, we're a bit early, we're going to circle for a while? Yeah. Like, they should tell us why. And then I was getting nauseous because I'm, like, we kid going up and down. Yeah. And Ever was feeling sick. And I'm, like. Were, like, people around the plane also getting scared? No. <laughs> it was, I felt like it was just us. It's so funny. And I'm, like, why? <laughs> no, I would have been, I would have been the same. I overthink like that, too. So I would have been, like. Oh, my God. Start calling my mom, my dad. I started sweating. And I wanted yeah. to cry. Start taking like, a video. Yeah, Guys. like, is this my last time? Like, is this my last video? Like, should I go yeah. live on Facebook or something? Oh, my gosh. I would have, no, I would have probably reacted like that, too. Like, start leaving a note in my phone. Dear Mom. This I'm is not me. a great traveler, though. Like, turbulence, anything, train rides. But you travel like, so much. 
Yeah, but I have major anxiety about it. Oh my god, that doesn't stop me. <laughs> You're like, I'll just be out. You just like drug yourself on the plane ride. No, I should though. I drug myself, but that's only because I have really bad motion sickness. But the people that can just like fall asleep out of nowhere, right when they sit down in the plane—that's me. Oh, that's that. me. But that's because I take like motion sickness pills, and that tends to make me drowsy, and then I force myself to go to sleep. All right, so that is the end of our podcast. Thank you, Danielle, for allowing me to interview you. Thank you so much. I feel like we talked about some really good points. And it really helped me reflect personally on my life. Antonia, do you have any closing remarks? All right. All right. Do you have anything that you want to say, Danielle? Thank you for having me on this podcast. I'm so excited for you. So proud of you. Thank you. Um, this is just the beginning. You're thriving. And if you're not watching these, I mean, you're missing out for sure. Thanks. <laughs> so I appreciate everybody who came um, to listen. I thank you all for listening. <laughs> Please make sure to rate us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. Um, send us any questions. Send us, send me any questions. If you have any, um, if you want us to talk about anything um, about this specific, particular podcast or any future ones that you want to talk about, any topics you want us to talk about. Um, also, follow me on Instagram. It's apple.juicepodcast. If you're not already following, although I'm pretty sure everyone listening is a follower because you guys are the best. So I appreciate every single one of you. God bless you. And make sure to come to the next Apple Juice episode. I'm not sure what to talk. <laughs> go ahead, Antonia. Go. <laughs> good stuff. That's good stuff. Make sure to come for your refill of apple juice on the next episode. Thank you so much. God bless.